Hello, my name is Meg. Welcome to the Unedited Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. The goal of this podcast is to help you both develop and enjoy the habit of daily Bible reading and prayer. About 20 years ago, at a very low spot in my life, I was convicted to begin the simple discipline, and I looked up years down the road to see how God had used this habit to heal deep places in my heart and do incredible things in my life. So over the years, it's really become my greatest passion to help others get to know Jesus through His Word and through His presence. Through this podcast, I'm hoping to help you see the Word of God with fresh eyes, to learn to slow down with your Bible, and ultimately to fall in love with your Bible. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so incredibly glad to have you here. Today, we are going to talk about the reasons why we pray. I've done several previous episodes on how to pray, vulnerability in prayer, and we will do future episodes planning to do one on the Lord's Prayer, kind of breaking that down and unpacking it. But several weeks ago, our pastor preached a sermon called The Purpose Behind Prayer, and he really unpacked the reasons we pray more than teaching us the mechanics of prayer. And I would urge you to listen to that sermon. The points that I'm going to share today actually are borrowed from him. I asked if I could borrow them rather than reinvent the wheel. And it is so important for us to understand why we pray. We can't just pray because, quote unquote, it's what our church tells us to do or because we know we should. But when we understand the reasons that we pray, it's going to help carry us through seasons maybe where we don't feel like praying or maybe when we feel unworthy to pray. But we, again, understand the purpose behind the habit of prayer. And so, again, today I just wanted to share a few quick points with you. And then I'm going to share a little devotional thought called A Lifelong Conversation. First and foremost, prayer is the way that we walk with God. Prayer and Bible reading is the way that we develop a relationship with Jesus. Prayer is how Christians develop intimacy with the creator of their souls. Remember that in the garden, Adam and Eve walked and talked with God in the cool of the day. There was communication, there was conversation, there was closeness. And prayer honors the most basic relationship principle, communication. We cannot know people that we never talk to. We may have an acquaintance with them, but we cannot have a deep relationship with people that we never talk to. And intimacy is born in conversation and sharing the deep things of our souls. And Jesus longs for us to share the deepest things of our souls. And that, again, is how we walk with God. Number two, prayer daily builds our faith. We live in a world that challenges our faith. And there are situations that we face. Maybe we've had disappointments or unanswered prayers in the past and our faith feels shredded and damaged and we feel very weak in faith. And when Pastor Hanthorne preached this, he said something, when you're feeling weak in faith, you need to go on a word binge. I love that. He said, you need to Turn off every other voice, turn off social media, turn off Netflix, turn off news, and just binge on the Word of God. But in addition to that, Jude wrote in his little epistle, and he said, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And that 
exercise of binging on the Word of God and praying, opening your heart up to the Lord, bringing every need to Him, bringing your weak faith to Him, builds up spiritual muscle mass. It builds up a strength and a solidness on the inside of your soul that really cannot be replicated in any other way. So again, prayer builds our faith. Number three, prayer allows us to lay down our burdens. This is so, so, so huge. We live in a world where many people are overcome by stress, by anxiety, by discouragement. We probably all battle those things in some measure in varying degrees. But one of the things that prayer does is that it keeps our burdens from accumulating. Pastor Hanthor, when he taught this sermon, said, there's nothing we cannot make it through in this life unless we let it accumulate. And that is so powerful. When we daily unload all of our concerns, all of our anxieties, all of our griefs, all of our questions, we can make it through that day. There's many days where I wake up just feeling heavy from the very moment that my feet hit the floor. It might be over a particular situation in my life. It might just be a spirit of heaviness like Isaiah wrote about in Isaiah 60. But if I can get myself into the presence of God and start talking through things with Jesus, if I can start thanking him, for the things that are good and beautiful and lovely, if I can start thanking him in advance for situations that he's going to work out, if I can start worshiping him, he lifts that load and I can go through my day feeling much, much lighter. I can go through my day in hope. I can go through my day in joy because again, I have transferred that burden off of my shoulders and onto him. And that's what he invites us to do. He said, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Peter wrote, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. There really is something so powerful about putting our burdens on Jesus, and he invites us to do that, which is the most beautiful thing and something that quite frankly blows my mind. The key verse of my whole life is Psalm 55:22. I wrote it on a little sticky note when I worked at a bookstore called Book Nook when I was 17 or 18 years old. And it says this, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. That little verse has become a key because I have had to learn to cast burdens on Jesus, things that were too big for me too heavy for me to carry. And I would urge you to adopt that same verse. It is such a powerful concept when we, again, daily lay our burdens on Jesus. He never intended for us to carry heavy things on our own. He wants to do the heavy lifting. Number four, prayer brings us into agreement with the will of God. Our will naturally goes against God's will. And it is with intentionality and with prayer that we lay down our will, that we come into agreement with his will, that we say, God, make me want what you want. Matthew 6.10 in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it is in prayer that we put ourselves on the altar, that we lay down our agendas, our motives, 
our way of doing things. I once heard Elizabeth Elliot say, the prayer of heaven is thy will be done and the prayer of hell is my will be done. And prayer empowers us to again, lay down our way and submit to God's way. This does not always come easy. I assure you, this does not always come easy. We even see with Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, where he prays, and the Bible tells us in Hebrews that he prayed with vehement cries. And he prays with sweat as great drops of blood. And he says, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy be done. And again, it was in prayer that Jesus was able to surrender to this grand plan of redemption. And when we daily get in a prayer closet, surrender becomes easier. It's where we lay down our will for that day. We're probably going to have to lay it down again the next day. But it's where we lay down our will and our way of doing things on the altar. Number five, prayer takes us from the flesh to the spirit. It is so easy for us to walk according to the flesh. But Jesus told us that we have to take up our cross, that we have to deny ourselves and follow him. And in establishing the discipline of prayer, carving out time out of your schedule, just the natural discipline that prayer requires, it's a step in crucifying the flesh. We begin to walk in the spirit. This is how we learn the things of the spirit. This is how we again crucify our flesh and walk in the spirit. And the the fruit of the spirit becomes more evident in our lives. Spiritual gifts are accessed in prayer. Spiritual fruit is accessed in prayer. Weapons and sensitivity to the spirit of God are all born out of prayer. Prayer connects us to the supernatural. So, 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 so powerful. And number six, prayer confuses the plans of Satan. When we daily get into our prayer closet, there is something that happens. Again, we know that Satan can have no plans and plots against us that succeed. Only what is allowed by God as we see happening in Job in the opening chapters of that book. But Satan does have plans for each and every one of us. It says that he wants to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But when we daily get into prayer, we thwart his plans. We inhibit his plans. The things that he intends to destroy us can't. There is just, again, something so, so, so powerful about that. When the enemy sees you going back to your prayer room and he knows the accusations he's planting in your mind, he's confused. When he knows how busy you are and how much you have to accomplish, but he sees you wearing down that path to the feet of Jesus and choosing the better part, he's confused. When he sees you going back to that oh, that uh, secret place over and over and over again, when he knows you're rejecting all the lies that he's planting in your mind, that boggles his mind. When he's trying to cut you off from your power source, from the word of God, from the presence of God, and you refuse and you say, no, this matters. This is how I'm keeping my relationship with Jesus fresh and vibrant. This is how I'm learning to walk in the spirit. 
it blows his mind. It does not compute for him. When he knows that you are in trial and you are facing difficult, difficult situations in your life and he still sees you refusing to give up on God, refusing to walk away, again, he can't register that. It doesn't register and your prayers are confusing the plans of Satan. So very quickly, I'm just going to run over these points again. Number one, prayer is the way that we walk with God. Number two, prayer daily builds our faith. Number three, prayer allows us to lay down our burdens daily, keep those heavy weights from accumulating. Number four, prayer brings us into agreement with the will of God. Number five, prayer takes us from the flesh to the spirit. Number six, prayer confuses the plans of Satan. So never forget the reasons why we pray. Prayer is essential. Prayer is something we cannot do without, not just to have God answer our needs, but to get to know him, to get to know his heart. And Bible reading and prayer are not about getting something from God. They are about getting to know God. Today, I'm going to share an unedited entry called A Lifelong Conversation About David. It starts off like this, Psalm 72 18 to 19. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only doeth wondrous things. And blessed be his glorious name forever and ever, and let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. And then this little verse, Psalm 72 20. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. I am 100% sure that I have skimmed past and overlooked that little phrase dozens of times. Just one little statement, but what implications are encapsulated in it? First, a side note. I love that it is entitled A Prayer for Solomon. His final prayer was a prayer for someone else and more specifically a prayer for a child. That is beautiful. After all he had been through, endured, and seen, his final words are for another. Second, another side note. In addition to being a prayer for his son, it is laced and littered with praise and adoration for his great God. I love that he closes by saying, God, who only doeth wondrous things. With his closing words, he affirms that God doeth all things well. All things only. The prayers of David are ended. Wow. Prayer defined David's life. Worship characterized the entirety of who he was. He had prayed his way through heartbreak and humiliation. He had prayed his way through caves as Saul hunted his life. He prayed and worshiped his way through every season of his life, including seasons of exaltation, personal failure, public setback, and many more. The Psalms are, I'm convinced, bare minimum. For every prayer that was captured on paper, there were undoubtedly hundreds that no one but his God heard. Joyous heartfelt worship and guttural broken painful cries as he poured his heart out before his God who became his dearest friend. Prayer marked David's life. Prayer was one of the defining characteristics of who he was. 
Prayer is what made him a man after God's own heart. Yes, repentance, but repentance and prayer are inseparable. Yes, brokenness, but true godly brokenness and prayer are inseparable. The world is full of broken people, but they are not all people after God's own heart. Yes, praise, but praise always takes place in the context of prayer. It was in prayers prayed in caves and prayers prayed in palaces that made David the sum total of who he was. The prayers he wrote with his pen drew the heart of his God. On the pages of the Psalms, we see openness, vulnerability, sincerity, humility, painful questions, willing worship, adoration, and so much more. Each a prayer. Sung or spoken, they are prayers. Deep, heartfelt conversation with his maker. No matter where, he prayed. Pasture with a harp and a staff. Cave with a sword and no bread. Palace with a crown and a song. The house of the Lord with a broken heart and a dead child, he prayed. In each season, each stage, we see him seeking the heart of his king. And at the end, we see it was truly prayer that made him who he was and paved the way for who he became. Finally, after it is all said and done, we read these words. David worshipped with his final words, and the prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. The lifelong conversation was over. One day my prayers will end. Let me pray in every season. Let me seek the face of God always. Let me seek to know his ways, his heart, his heartbeat. Let me pray always. The prayers of Megan are ended. And one day, your prayers will be ended. Just a simple reminder today of why we pray and the power of a prayer life. Understanding why we pray, again, is going to empower us to continue in this habit in the difficult seasons of life, in times where we're suffering, in times where we're facing a lot of questions and difficulty. But let's just determine to send our words out into eternity. I recently heard Reverend Jerry McLean say prayers never die. Our prayers are an eternal investment and when our lives are over, there's going to be prayers that outlive us. So thank you so much again for joining me for this journey. I so look forward to the power of this habit in your life. Please remember that I'm going to link to the sermon, The Purpose Behind Prayer. I'd love for you to listen to that. If you have questions or to download a typed or handwritten transcript of today's entry, you can visit megunedited.com. For now, go grab your journal and your Bible. I look forward to the power of this habit in your life. This is unedited. This is for you. Happy Friday.